Welcome to the Your Turn to Fly podcast. This is the place where we help empty nesters rediscover passion and purpose in their next season of life. I'm your host, Thor Chalgren, founder of the Your Turn to Fly community, and I'm so glad that you're here. Every week, we'll be interviewing parents and experts, bringing you inspiring stories, insights, and practical advice so that you can move forward, find fulfillment, and make the next chapter in life your best one yet. Let's do greater things together. Thank you so much for listening. I am so glad you are here with me today. This is my recap show where I go into detail about episode 42, which is my interview with Trisha Daniel. Trisha has an MBA and 20 years of experience in public accounting and working as a corporate financial controller. And she has a passion for using her experience to help corporate executives and sole proprietors calm their overwhelm around money. And our specific conversation in episode 42 was three conversations that empty nesters should have around money. And so if you haven't heard that episode yet, I encourage you to take a listen to it. We talked about the conversations that you can have with your spouse about money, conversations that you can have with your adult children who maybe are college students and specific conversations about money with them, and then also conversations that you should have with yourself around money. And we talked about a simple process that you can use that will keep you accountable, I think not only about money, but about your business, your life in general, to basically just reduce your feeling of anxiety around finances. So that's what I'm going to cover in today's episode. And it is the beginning of a new year. Well, it's nearly the end of the first month of the new year, but I have a question for you. Carl Jung said there is no burden greater for a child than the unlived life of the parent. So here's my question to you, parents. Are you living your life? Do you have a purpose and a story that excites you? What is the biggest thing that you can imagine for yourself in 2022? I work with empty nester parents, helping them to discover a new, greater purpose. If you are in that season of life, I'd love to talk with you about what's next for you in 2022. I reserve a few sessions each week for free discovery calls where we talk about you and we get clear on your dream and what's maybe stopping you from realizing it. So just go to discover.yourturntofly.com and schedule that free call. That's discover.yourturntofly.com. Okay, so let's get into my three points that I want to recap from my interview with Trisha Daniel. The first one was talking about the idea that we have around money of this fear. And Trisha used a great example. She was talking about how when we're little kids, that we can have this fear of something that's under the bed. I don't know if that happened to you. That was something that I remember growing up. Or you could think something's in the closet. You know, Trisha said, like the boogeyman. And we have that fear of it. And how often do you just thinking back to when you're a kid, you just sit in bed 
and in your mind you're playing through this fear and there's part of you that, that knows that you should get up and go address what's in the closet or look under the bed but there's a, another part of you that is afraid of what you'll find and so as kids and I think this happens with us as adults too the part of us that is afraid wins over the part of us that would look and Trisha's point is that if you simply took a flashlight like that young kid take a flashlight and shine it under the bed it would take you all of five seconds to see there's nothing under there and then your fear goes away and her greater point was why don't we take that same flashlight and use it to shine a light on our finances in our life and we talked about how people if they just knew what was in their account if they just knew what they were spending if they knew where the money was going that would alleviate that anxiety that stress so her recommendation is to simply have a a weekly monthly however often it works for you have what she called a board meeting with yourself where you look at that information you look at where you are with finances and maybe if you have your own business look at where you are with your business and almost treat this like you are stepping out of your role in whatever you do in your life and now you're examining it you're the the auditor and so you're gonna shine a light on that and just be dispassionate about it don't judge yourself for what you see but just go okay where am I what does it look like and her point and I think this is so powerful is that if you make that choice to look at it if you shine the light on it you're gonna find that the things that you are worried about are not as bad as you thought they would be and the problems that you can imagine in your mind stemming from all of this it's they're gonna go away I think it was Mark Twain said that some version of the problems in life that we imagined are, are way bigger and they never actually happened. I don't know the exact quote, but it, it was around this idea we can imagine problems being bigger than they really are. So I, I think this is not just about money, but it can be applied to so many things. You know, are there tasks that maybe you have been putting off doing or conversations? that you have been putting off because in your head you imagine that conversation is gonna be harder you imagine that task is gonna take longer you think oh, I don't have time for this and so you put it off you don't shine the light on it because if you did you might find that it isn't as bad as you think it would be and you can actually get through it a lot more easily so that was my first takeaway is shine a light on the thing that maybe you're afraid to look at. The second point, and this came from the portion of our conversation where we were talking about how spouses can talk about money. And I, Trisha's point was that a lot of times, you know, especially for empty nesters, this may be the first time that you guys now are talking about money in different ways because you've got kids in college you're paying for that or maybe there are issues that have come up where you realize hey we've got to look at our estate because maybe you had a trust and you had a plan for how things would be apportioned but now that your kids are grown up 
maybe you haven't looked at this in 10 or 15 years. Maybe the last time you drafted it was when they were little kids and you designated someone as an executor and you imagined what would happen with your kids if you guys weren't around. So this may be a good time to to look at that as a couple. But one of the questions I asked Trisha was, like, how do you, if let's say one of the spouses has been predominantly the one who handled that side of, of your guy's life. And so you, as the other spouse who hasn't been as involved in that, are wanting to know more, wanting to contribute more, but how do you frame it in a way that doesn't immediately feel like you're judging that person? Like if you go and you go something like, hey, I'd like to know more about money in, in our life and what's going on and where is it coming, where is it going? The, uh, your spouse could hear that and feel that you're judging them because like you haven't asked them about this in 10 or 15 years. Why now? So Trisha had a great piece of advice, I thought, which was that you ease into the conversation and you can say things like, hey, I'm interested. I'm curious. I'd like to know more. And she had a great point where she said that you can frame it in the along the lines of, hey, I'd like to be helpful in this area. I want to contribute. Because when your spouse hears it that way, they're much less likely to feel that you're coming at it from a potentially judgmental point of view. You're coming at it from a, what can I do to help? I am curious. I want to know more. I want to learn about what we're doing. I want to be a partner. In fact, she said that you could say that we're a partner in marriage. I want to be a partner in our finances and I want to contribute there. I want to understand. I want to know. I want to help. So I thought that was a great piece of advice. And honestly, that probably is also one of those conversation starters that you could use in so many areas of life. Instead of coming in where maybe the other person, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your kids, where they hear it potentially as a judgment and then they get defensive and then, you know, those conversations never go well, right? But instead, if you go, hey, I'm curious. And here's the thing, you have to actually be curious. You can't like do it in a way that sounds inauthentic where you go, you know, I'm curious. <laughs> we probably all know in our the way that we sound sometimes where it doesn't sound authentic. So in your head, if you're not genuinely curious, don't do this, but find a way that feels real and genuine to you and start the conversation that way. So when you are talking with your spouse, talking with your kids about the subject of money, come at it from that place of curiosity. Find your entry point so that you can genuinely begin the conversation from a, a place of authentic wanting to contribute, authentic wanting to know more and being part of a, a ongoing conversation as opposed to something that maybe doesn't feel good to them. So that was my second point was start a conversation in a gentle way, in a curious way, in an authentically interested way. The third point that I wanted to make was came from our part of the talk where one of the conversations we were having was how do you talk with your kids about money? What does that money conversation look like with kids? And Trisha's 
such a valuable point she made was talking about how one of the ways that you can talk with your kids is about having a budget. This may be new to them because maybe up until this point, they they didn't have a budget at home. It's basically like when they're at home, you're paying for their food. You're paying for them to live here. You're paying for their expenses. And if they're going to college, they're in there now, or maybe not college, but they're off on their own, and maybe you're in some way still contributing, then the, you are probably giving them an amount of money that has to cover a number of things. And so budgeting can be so important for them because this may be the first point in their life where they have had to actually budget stuff and they don't just get to go and spend whatever they want. I mean, they can, but then they're going to run out of money. And if you're giving them a set amount of money, then it's important that you have that understanding with them. And so you may help them with budgeting. You may say, hey, look, here's how much you are going to have each month or however you do it, and ask them to say, I think it'd be a good idea to come up with a plan for how you spend that. Where does it go? What are you going to do? And, you know, there's some things that they won't know until they get to school. But if you at least start that and maybe say it can be an ongoing conversation, like maybe once they have a sense of how their spending habits work, what they have to spend money on, where expenses happen, then they can adjust it, but at least they start with it. And one of the things that we were talking about was she was very early on, her experience in life was that she felt that she had some autonomy around her money. And and she described a, a, I think this was with someone she was working with, that they had bought, like maybe it was a fractional share of stock or something, when this um, child was very young, maybe like five years old. And by the time they got into their 20s, like this was actually now something they were proud of, like they owned a share of a company. And this is such a great lesson to start to get kids thinking about the future value of money. I had mentioned someone that I look up to and, and thinks great uh, advice, Rory Vaden. He talked about the idea of the future value of money, the time value of money, and that you might look at like a $5 latte now and go, oh, it's only $5. But if you took that same $5 and you saved it, what would it be worth in 10 years, in 15 years? And his estimation was, depending on the time frame you're looking at, that $5 latte could be worth $50 in 15 years, depending on, on compounding. So he would say, look at each expenditure and go, is this worth it to me? Um, to lose out on the opportunity to have $50 in 15 years. And I think that's a conversation that you can have with kids too, is get them to start seeing that the current expenditure of money that they make has a future value as well. So I think that was a great sort of point to start to have that conversation with your kids and maybe ask them, start that conversation and go, are there things that you want to know about money, about budgeting, about insurance, about all the things that they're going to have to start to plan for? Because honestly, you know, this isn't something that's taught in school. So kids get out of high school and they probably don't really have a practical, real world understanding of finance unless you've been a great parent. Maybe you were where you taught them this, 
but most of us were just trying to get them into college, get them into the real world, so we don't really delve into this as much as we should. So maybe now, if they're in college, start to have those conversations with them, preparing them for when they are off on their own. So those are my three points that I wanted to bring up. The other thing I wanted to share, and I love this idea, and I encourage Tricia to do this, she has. She was talking about the place that she got her financial education was from her dad, where they would have meetings on a Saturday where they'd sit down and he'd sort of outline a lot of this, a lot of these points on a napkin, and and he'd share his understanding of business and money and finance with her on a napkin. And I, I asked her, I go, do you still have those napkins? And she's like, no, I wish I did, because I said I, that would be an amazing book, like you know, lessons, my father gave me on napkins. I mean, that's the bad version of the book, but you get the idea. So I love, I love that idea. I love the wisdom that she shared in this. She's someone who is a single parent. So she definitely gets the idea of starting over. She's got kids. She understands that as a parent, that these conversations are important. So I so appreciate her for being on the podcast. I hope that you'll give the episode a listen. A lot of great uh, information there, great conversation. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode, and I will see you in the next show. Take care. That's all we've got for this episode of the Your Turn to Fly podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at yourturntofly.com forward slash blog. On social media, you can find me. I'm at Thor Chalgren. And please just share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember believe that you can do greater things still.